Real JP Multimedia, proud sponsor of the Nerdball Podcast. Here to help you with all things audio, video, graphics, photo, web design. From weddings to real estate, commercial business to private use, we offer a big variety of services for almost any budget. And if we can't do it, we will find someone who can. Find us at realjp.com. That's R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Real JP Multimedia. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Doug Heimbaugh, also known as the Dougie Fresh, and welcome to the Nerdball Podcast. The Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. That was so good. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Doug, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I feel like I see you all the time because you're just out and about in the Metro Parks taking pictures, man. Yeah. Well, the Metro Parks have been, they were, the you know, up there with the first people in Toledo that really kind of, you know, gave me some run with my, my photos. Okay. Uh, the way that COVID worked out, I was you know, in what I'd hoped was my last printing job. I used to run printing presses for oh. over 20 years, you know, big school bus size uh, printing presses. And mm-hmm. I was working at Metzger's uh, and I got laid off to, you know, during COVID and my job didn't come back. And uh-huh. I'm not very good at sitting around. That was, <laughs> COVID was never going to work for me. Yeah. Um, but I can't go to the mall or I can't go to the movies mm-hmm. or I can't do all this stuff, but I could go outside. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. Yeah. And that's when, all my time started being spent in the metro parks and i take my cameras and my dog with me everywhere and <laughs> yeah it all it turned into that yeah. and they uh you know connect toledo and metro parks uh you know a few other organizations kind of really took notice of me mm-hmm. and it's turned into what you see so i mean i I'd, I'd be doing what i'm doing out in the metro parks even if it hadn't turned into an opportunity for me just cuz i love it and yeah. i've been all over this country and it's pretty special what we have right here. Do you have uh, like a website or anything? Or is it just your Instagram that people can I see? I do. It's, uh, and I'm actually have a new one that's about to launch. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm upgrading everything, including uh, my own image. So my new website will be www.dougiefreshphoto.com. Okay. The one that exists right now is www.dougiefreshphotography.com. Okay. Now, what's goofy about that is, <laughs> well, I was so excited when I first started this. I went and bought the domain, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's available. Yeah. I didn't put any more thought into it than that. The first time I texted somebody my address or you know my website, the M on .com goes down to a second line. Because it was oh, one, and I was no. like, that is the most annoying <laughs> thing in the world. So two years now, I suppose, uh, a little over that, I've been going yeah. with that. And so okay. I found out how to get it shortened down and do all of that. So we're rebranding. and Awesome. Yeah. So thanks. so is that new website up yet or is that? No, it'll be back? coming up pretty soon. My okay. uh, I have a friend in Chicago that she, uh, her and her husband do all of my branding stuff. I mean, I've, I've put some work into this. Yeah, and good. So she is, uh, she built my first website and they're, her and her husband who have now teamed up are building my second one so she has been developing that for the past month and she 
wanted to present it to me last week, yeah. and she didn't know I was on my trip. I was like, do uh... we have to do this today? <laughs> <laughs> so she's been waiting for me to get back to do it, and it'll nice. probably be coming this week. All right. I'll make sure to put it uh, in the show notes, and then two people can click on it right from the, the podcast page. Yeah, man. So. I appreciate it. Uh, so how, how did this all get started? Are you? Did you grow up around here? Are you from here? Yeah, I'm from here. Uh, okay. I spent my first seven years in Point Place, so okay. that's where my... My OG Toledo cred comes from. Yeah. Uh, my parents moved us out to Perrysburg Township, and that's where I ended up going to high school. So when you put this address uh, oh, yeah. in the messenger, I was like, I know exactly where that's at, because one of my first jobs was right over there at Churchill's. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. I was a bagger, and then I ended up working in the video department. It was also the first job I got fired from. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like if you're a kid, that's just it has to be just not showing up anymore. No, right? that was actually, and I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but that was uh, the beginnings of what ended up being my alcohol problem that oh, lasted okay, for 20 okay. years. But I had brought something in with me because I was going to go to a party after that and yeah. put it in the refrigerator uh, wrapped up back in the video department. Yeah. And one of the managers from up front, for some reason, was in that refrigerator and saw it. And the next day I walked in and I got my first lesson on this is... Uh, why you're not going to be able to be responsible for this yeah. with this and you're uh-huh. going to have to take a lot more lumps to figure it out because i didn't get it then how old were you 17 17 yeah yeah i uh uh and whenever people pre- bring up stuff like that i i let in, in it so i said it a lot in the podcast my mom is a recovering alcoholic i think she's been sober gosh she's been sober a it's got to be close to I don't know, eighteen years, something like that congratulations to her that's um, fantastic yeah so she actually has her anniversary coming up uh, at her AA group mm-hmm. on the seventeenth, uh, so I'm going to go to that with her in the morning because oh. then we we're speaking at Perrysburg High School later that day. Uh, they have a personal development day. It's a, div- a diverse learners day, so we're speaking about alcoholism and drug use and families and stuff yeah. uh, to the staff. Well, send them my love. That's, yeah, I know how hard that is. And oh, yeah. May 9th coming up this year will be seven years for me without awesome. a drop. It it changed my life yeah. and my biggest regret. And my world is not having figured it out sooner. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's I know for me, I was I was young uh when she was drinking and, and my well both my parents partied, uh, but I was young. So I as a kid, you're just like, Well, this is just how life is. And then as you get older, you realize like, oh, that's that's not normal for everybody. No, you know. That's who I learned it from, you know, yeah. my my parents. And you know, my mom, she got wise by the time I was out of high school herself, but yeah. my dad was not the other way. And he's mm-hmm. kind of the one that you know, made it, normalized it and, mm-hmm. and got me into it. And, you know, that's, I, I don't know what would have changed him, but he passed away last year about oh, a week before Father's that. Day. Thanks a lot. Yeah. But um, seeing the way that his path kind of dead ended, you know, bad pun, but uh, really reaffirmed what I have done for myself. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, he's the one that kind of got me started. And, you know, when I was living in Houston before I ever moved back to Toledo, I found out that he was living in the Cherry Street Mission. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about fall from grace, you know, yeah. a, a pillar of Perrysburg community. He helped out with the schools. He was a coach. He was a father. He was a business owner, a homeowner. I mean, he checked every box and did it right until he didn't. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to fall that far. And that was my my glimpse into my future. You know, I was looking in the mirror down in Houston thinking, in 26 years, that is you if you mm-hmm. don't do something. Was it, was was that kind of the thing that, that decided it, it was, for you? It was 50-50 between that and the daily guilt I got from, honestly, being a bad dog dad. Mm-hmm. I worked second shift, and okay. I would, uh, you know, <clears throat> get off of work at 11 o'clock and come home and straight to fixing a drink, and I would, you know 
tell the dog, okay, well, we're not going to go for a walk tonight. We'll go in the morning. Oh, wow. And then, you know, I didn't have to work till two o'clock or so, but I'd sleep till 11 o'clock and I'd wake up feeling like garbage. And I'd tell her, hey, we'll do it after work. And then day after day, month after month. And I owed her more than that. I owed me more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, all of that just kind of, kind of came to a head and it was about 20 years of a really progressive problem that you know came to a head and i had to end it and successfully did and yeah like i said it, it it meant everything it changed everything well congratulations that's that's awesome man so someone who's thank you you know seen seen my mom you know go through it and then my brother just never shaken it and ultimately you know he overdosed and he oh, just, i'm so sorry thanks he he just yeah he just never got out of it so i saw both ends of it mm-hmm. and i was always worried for myself like like even to this day, I'm still like, what am, what am I addicted to? Because I feel like it's just something like in our genes. Because my grandma, my grandma loved gambling, and that was just her thing. She just, you know, she, it was never to the point where like she got in trouble with it or did too much or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she just loved to do it. And I always, yeah. I'm always like, sometimes I get too hyper focused on like what is my thing or or what am I like? I'm watching out for certain things or this or that. Well, it's you good know? you're cognizant, and I think just about anything can be okay in moderation. Mm-hmm. It's just. You know, for some of us, uh, moderation is not possible yeah, in some yeah. arenas. And, you know, I I hope you don't run into that because that would be, you know, a yeah. lot easier for your life. But if you do, you know, be aware and you got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You seem like you've got a yeah. great support system and <laughs> oh, everything. Sure. And that's something yeah. I didn't have. I had isolated myself. I found myself living in Houston where I thought that was such a great idea for whatever my future held. <laughs> and then I realized when I really needed some people... I was a thousand miles away from everything yeah. that mattered to me, and I was lost. Is that did that help? Is that what made you move back too? Part of that? Like, that, that, that was feeling? part. Well, that was part of it. I, I knew that the printing industry had not been good for me. Mm. Um, you know, you need to be at a place a year before you can get a four hundred one k started. Oh, wow. And I had twenty plus years of lasting about a year at places where I'd keep getting. I, you know, I got laid off over a dozen times. Really, and. You start the new place, and you're the new guy. So when they have a yeah. bad couple quarters, you're the first one to go. Yeah. And it was over and over. And I was like, I'm not getting anywhere with this. It doesn't matter how good I am at it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I didn't do this the right way. I should have stayed at one of those places in Toledo that I started at mm-hmm. and, you know, had put 25 years into the same place. That wasn't my path. I can't change yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, I knew I wanted to do something else. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I had to... I had to do something, and Toledo made the most sense. It yeah. was, you know, I was actually kind of looking at Columbus or Detroit, but in general I was looking back at the area because I figured I'd be close enough to have somewhat of a support system, some familiarity with my surroundings, and, you know, a network to to build. I was prepared to, you know, take $15 an hour to start over at a new new career mm-hmm. and be a grunt and prove to people I can work my way up. I can, I'm smart, I'm a different person than you ever knew and I got something to give. Yeah. And the photography thing uh, was just a hobby. That was something that I started when I was down in Houston uh, taking cell phone photos at a car show down there. Oh, wow. It's, it's a big car show. Like, uh, you may have heard of Cars and Coffee before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call theirs Coffee and Cars down there. Just oh, really? A little different. <laughs> but it was at a mall once a month, first Saturday of the month, uh, right by my apartment. And this this was amazing. As a kid who grew up with posters of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff on my walls, getting to see just rows and rows of these and Bugattis and Paganis and all these million dollar cars. I mean, it was sick. And so I'm taking these photos with my cell phone, uh, you know, just something to keep, I I was looking for activities that were 
you know, clean that weren't going to, you know, tempt me to go grab a drink. So I was doing, I'll start, that was really the start of me doing stuff outdoors and finding things like that. Um, you know, which would eventually morph into parks and all of that. But I just had to keep looking. I had this curiosity and there was a a station down there. We've got 13 ABC up here. Houston has ABC 13. Mm -hmm. And I'd been posting my photos on Reddit and Imager and they had seen them and asked, could we put these photos up on your whole album on our website? I was tickled. I was like, go, (laughs) yeah, Yeah." you know, I was like, go for it. That was, you know, my first exposure to anything. And my mom and sister saw that uh, back in Charlottesville, Virginia. And they, uh, they wanted to keep me on a good path and they yeah. thought he's got something here. Yeah. And so they bought me my first camera five Christmases oh, ago. Wow. Yeah. And so that just kind of tailed up here with me as a hobby, uh, until it wasn't, yeah. you know, and <laughs> that, that, that's, that's always like, uh, like you get affirmation from outside of you. Like you're like doing this thing cause you're, it's fun or, you know, in your case, it's helping you maybe helping you survive just being clean, you know, and, and then to get, from someone else, like get outside and like, oh, they they realize this too and are helping me. I mean, my wife, uh, I think last Christmas or maybe two Christmas ago, bought me the tripod that the camera's on right now. Like, cause she she knows like this is this is a hobby. This is what I want to do. I'm gonna help him do this thing. Right? Yeah. So that like it just makes me feel better. I'm assuming like, oh, they bought me a camera. Then I know I'm doing this for fun, but they also see like this is this is awesome too. You Did know? you feel maybe even a little bit of accountability? Like yeah, boy, like they gotta... they invested in this. I better do something with it. Yeah, yeah, it it is, uh, and it did. It sat in a box for like three months. That was my next question. Were you scared of it at first because you didn't know exactly what to do with it? Yeah, because I didn't know how to edit video. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. I I had a camera, and then even in my brain, I'm like, I don't even know if my camera works on this trap. Like all these things. So I just sat there, and then one, I did an episode. Um, I think what kicked it off was I did a Zoom episode. I'm like, okay, those are easy to edit. I'll, I'll put those on YouTube. Those, my first ones were Zoom during COVID. So this is what, you know, kind of toward the tail end of it. Uh, and then I set up the video camera for my first time. I'm like, well, I'm just going to try it and we'll see what happens, you know. And, you know, it took some while to figure out how to edit and everything. And I'm getting pretty good at it now. It still takes some time. But, but yeah, at first it was, I don't know if I, if I could do this. But it was in the back of my mind, like you said, like, well, she bought it for me. I need to use it because it's it was a gift and she wants me to do something with it. My road trip that Christmas that I got that camera on the way back from Charlottesville was also a guilt trip because I didn't take a single picture. I drove from Charlottesville, <laughs> Virginia back to Houston all really? along the Gulf Coast. Imagine all those amazing things to wow. see. And I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what mode to put it in. I was like, I'll figure this out when I get back and have yeah. some more time. And, <sighs> oh, thank you. God, I did, man. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's it, it, like you said. It, it was it's intimidating, and and I'm glad you know. I'm glad it's working out. You know, Ditto, for me, right for back you, at right? you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 awesome, man. Um, so so you grew up in Perrysburg. I, I want to go back here a little sure. bit. Uh, you grew up in Perrysburg. You said, yeah. Uh, you went to Perrysburg High School. Everything. Yeah, you... I was a St. Rose kid to start. Oh, right. and okay. I uh, I've always been kind of didn't want to do what people told me to do, yeah. and I. I was not into the Catholic school thing. And so sixth grade, I really started pushing. And my mom said, well, you're going to get confirmed, but I'll let you go to the junior high, but you got to keep your grades up, things like that. So I went to Perrysburg Junior High and uh, the grades were all right. And I think I got a pass because my sister, who was a straight A student, uh, was like, well, I want to go to the junior high too. So there was no sending me back after she went. So okay. I, I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it was interesting because uh, I had um, a lot of friends that went to the junior high that had gone to St. Rose through yeah. sixth grade or just being a part of 
you know, the recreation recreational leagues around Perrysburg, yeah. you know, uh, playing baseball over there, uh, Little League baseball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on uh, Jimmy Leland's nephew's uh, team for years. Oh. And, yeah, he'd come out every once in a while to our practices and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, man, oh, uh... that blew our mind having a <laughs> major sure. league manager yeah. right there. Everybody's out there, got their game face on, like, yeah, make sure Jimmy's paying attention <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know, but. That's funny. Yeah, so it, uh. Yeah, and I Perry's, I went to high school here. I you know I didn't excel in really anything other than being sociable and probably a little bit of a troublemaker. And did you were you into photography then at all? I did take two semesters of photography at Perrysburg High School. Okay. Um, that was old school film stuff. Yeah. Used a Canon AE one that I still own. Oh. And uh, my uncle is a professional photographer, so he kind of. Uh, so, oh, well, here, I'll, I'll hook you up with some equipment, and I'll do, you know, my sister did the same thing, but it kind of died right after that. Okay. I mean, it was years of maybe uh, a disposable camera, if you remember. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a little yeah. younger than me, but if you remember those things, uh, you know, I'd get one of those for an event or something. But other than that, it really trailed off until cell phones started having cameras on them, and, you know, it was just screwing around yeah. with that until I got to Houston, and those <laughs> there was something about those cars sure. and, you know, me having uh, all this newfound curiosity that I wasn't just, you know, sitting around in my apartment, you know, pe- waiting to pass out. You know, I was like, what's this world got? I yeah. want to go see it. Yeah. These, those disposable cameras. I think the last time I used those, we put those at each table of our wedding reception. That is such a fantastic yeah. idea. And I don't, I don't do weddings as far as photography goes, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's something that I've seen at quite a few of them. And I'm like, what a great idea. Yeah. So. And, and we did not get rid of one. If it was, Super dark, super what? They're all in one album, you mm-hmm. know. And every once in a while, we'll look through them. Um, and it's funny because uh, you know Steve Stockford, yeah. CBG, right? He came, so he he gave me my first landscaping job um, when I was at Owens. I think it was I mean like thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago. So I worked with him that long ago, and he was that before you were both with the parks. Yes. Oh, yeah, interesting. He, so he owned a landscape company called Premier Gardening Services with another uh, with a woman named Margie Black. Um, they gave me my first job, and he came to our wedding with his kids. His son's now a senior in high school. He's, they're real; both kids were real little, and I st- I sent him some pictures a couple months ago of of his kids at our wedding, and he goes, "Man, that was a long time ago." I said, "I know, I know." So, so we knew each other. I mean, it was just that one year, and then I didn't even realize he worked at the parks until I applied for a job three years ago. What did you apply for? Start with um, it was uh, so I got a job as park maintenance mm-hmm. at Providence. Uh, but I also applied for a job at TBG, but the pay difference was like $5 an wow. hour uh, to be a park maintenance. So I ended up at Providence for eight months until I got at P- to Pearson after mm-hmm. that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's been awesome there, man. It's, uh, I, I just knew the Metro Parks as Wildwood, uh, and that was pretty much it. Because that's, I went to, I went to Catholic school. I went to Our Lady of Lords um, till eighth grade, from kindergarten to eighth grade. And we would have all our, like, cross-country practices and run, you know, soccer, like, everything was at Wildwood. And we'd go there, and, and that's the only park I knew. I didn't even know about Providence existed until I went the day before I started. Is the first time I was there, uh, and just all these different parks, man. It's it's amazing. It is, and I kind of I had the same thing because the first time around in Toledo, you know, I stayed here through age thirty before I moved away for twelve years, and mm-hmm. we can chat about that later if you want. But uh, I was a whole different person the first time. You know, I was the party kid, oh, yeah. and I was you know going out to clubs, and you know my day didn't start you know, until it got dark basically. And so I didn't delve into any of that. I remember maybe going on a field trip to the dunes at Oak openings Mm -hmm. back in the day. And I think I knew of side cut because I'm a Perrysburg kid. And that was, what was on the other side of the river from Buttonwood. Other than that, that was 
my entire experience with any of that stuff until, you know, I'm almost 40 years old and I moved back here. And so I think that's been one of the things that's really resonated with a lot of people in my photography and my experience uh, is that it almost seems like this is the first time I'm seeing some of this stuff because it honestly is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago when Ben Morales first took me out, uh, I'm not sure if you know him. He's mm-hmm. a local photographer. He works uh, for Heart Inc. And okay. uh, fantastic guy. He's been a great friend and a kind of a mentor to me. And he took me out to the Inner Urban Bridge at Roche de Boeuf. Mm-hmm. And we had a beautiful sunrise and, you know, had to go down this crazy path that they told us not to go down. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was a really neat experience. And it blew my mind that that was sitting there my whole life. And I lived mm-hmm. right across the river, basically, from it for 30 years and had no clue it existed. Yeah. Yeah, we would, I mean, we would drive, I had a friend who lived on River Road and we'd go visit other people in Waterville and we would drive over that bridge. Uh, now it's a brand new bridge now with the cul-de-sac and everything cool, or not a cul-de-sac, a roundabout. Um, but the same thing, like as, as kids, you're just like doing these things. I always, it's, it's very similar to when as eighth graders, uh, we went to Washington DC and I would love to go back as an adult. We did that. <laughs> so like, it's because it's so different when you're an adult, you appreciate it more. And you oh, see you haven't been back stuff. as an adult? No, I haven't. Well, I lived in Charlottesville, Virginia for four years. That yeah. was the first place I moved away from Toledo back oh, okay. in 2007. And that was, I knew I wanted more big city right away because mm. that Charlottesville was too small, but DC was where I went up to quite a bit. Oh, so okay. I've spent a lot of time there yeah. and it's just as cool as an adult, all that stuff you see on TV and on your money and all yeah. that it's real <laughs> and it, it's very beautiful and there's yeah. a lot of history behind it. I, other than the traffic and the way the city's laid out, I think mm. it's worse than Manhattan. Um, but it's uh it's a really neat place to visit and I highly recommend going back. Yeah, I, I want to, and I think and when my kids get older, it's something I would do. But again, like as eighth graders, you're just there because your your parents paid for you to go on this bus and go on a trip and you just want to hang out with your buddies and you're not oh, paying attention. It, they could have been going whatever. to Poughkeepsie. Yeah. I would have been like, throw me on that bus. I'm getting out of here for a while. <laughs> uh, so um did you did you uh, go to college after after high school? I did. I went to. Uh, I toured all the. <clears throat> excuse me, all the colleges in the area. Sure. Didn't do well at any of them, but that I started. Too. I started at Bowling Green <laughs> for a year, and then went to Owens for a couple years, yep. and then went to uh, UT for a year. The it was the um, winter semester of 1999. I think was the last time I went. Okay. I didn't finish, and it was a, it was a waste. I hmm. I shouldn't have gone. You know, I I don't think I. I really look back and I wish somebody, a guidance counselor, a teacher, my parents, somebody would have yeah. said, you have no, you can't even articulate a reason why you want to go. So why are you going to go get yourself into debt yes. and do all of yeah. this? Nobody had that talk with me. You know, you, I'm from Perrysburg. Like you either, you know, once you graduate high school, you either go get a job at the factory and get married or you, you go to college. Yeah. That was in 1995 when I graduated. Those were the options. In 2003 when I graduated, those were the options. Yeah. And still now it's, it's getting a lot less because I know a lot of people in the schools now and I coach for Perrysburg. So one thing I, I do tell kids a lot, um, one of the things I like to do is during senior year, I talk to seniors, ask them what they're doing or this or that. And I explain to them, my path is very similar to yours. Went to BG, they told me not to come back. Went to Owens. They told me not to come back. Tried BG again. Again, they said, no, you're not even showing up to class. Why are you coming here? Finally, I graduated from Owens uh, in, when I was 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell kids the same thing. Like, I wasn't ready. And again, nobody really said, like, 
why are you doing this? You know, it, it, it might even just took, taken one person to be like, hey, why are you going? And I would have been like, well, I just want to hang out with my friends. Well, you can do that for free. Like, you don't have to pay to go to school or not in yeah, my case. Yeah, was 15 minutes away from Bowling yeah. Green. And yeah. I, I wasn't able to wrap my head around that. And I just, that, that was a lot of years of doing what I was told or doing what yeah. I thought everybody else wanted me to do or what everybody else wanted to see and not being my own person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even after I graduated high school and moved out and had that opportunity at my own life, it took me so long. And that's where the alcohol didn't help yeah. because I didn't know who I was for so long. I had no purpose. I figured, well, I can run printing presses, so I'm good at something. Mm-hmm. So let's just stick with this, even though it wasn't good for me. And I just, I wasn't, I it didn't have much of a, a personality besides being a jokester who, you know, went to work and partied outside of it. I mean, yeah. So did you, you, you've mentioned printing presses several times. Is that something you did like around college age like, and you've done it for well, a while? Well, it's, it's been a part of my whole life. Hickory mm-hmm. Farms, which is, uh, you know, everybody probably remembers it from the malls and stuff, you know, the cheese and the sausage yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Well, they were based out of uh, Maumee right over there by uh, where the Berry Bagels is over there. Uh, UPS, yes. um, Dussel and uh, Holland Perrysburg or whatever. Actually, I think that was... That was one of the, the companies we did landscaping for when I worked with Steve. I wouldn't I doubt that, it. Yeah, they had a, a really big lawn over there. Yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> they did um, all of their own printing in house in the seventies and through most of the eighties. Okay. Uh, so the labels, the posters that would be up in the stores, all of that stuff. And my dad was the foreman in that shop, mm. uh, so he had you know been around it for years since I was born, and then. Hickory Farms decided, like a lot of companies, that they were going to start farming it out to a bigger printing company because that was a department that they didn't want the overhead for. Mm -hmm. Uh, He decided to buy a bunch of their equipment, and he started a place called Arrowhead Printing. So that's what he was doing um, basically through my high school years. Okay. Uh, Everybody there, don't get into printing. Don't get it. Stay in school. (laughs) You know, I even had those people telling me, go to college, go to college. And uh, I didn't listen. I never do. Sure. And uh, yeah, so uh, when I w- after my first uh, not good year at BG, my parents uh, were going to get a divorce, kind of stunk on their 25th year of you know oh, being wow. married. So, yeah. but uh, they said, well, hey, you're more than welcome to keep going back to school. We're just not going to help pay for it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I felt I was still supposed to go and I needed a job. So my dad got me one at a place over on the east side uh, called Mercury Printing. And that's I started just hand folding things and gluing things and doing you know just kind of grunt work. Sure. And I was already dissatisfied within the first month, and mm-hmm. there was a an opening for a helper running a printing press. You know, a lot of them are two or three man people that okay. takes to run these machines, and it was on second shift. But I was like, I don't care. Get me off of doing this stuff, and it was two bucks more an hour. Oh, so yeah. I started doing that, and that's when things started rolling. And I, I found I had an aptitude for it. I was you know, really good at it. There was, you know, there were other, you know, press assistants that were there that had a whole lot of experience that it didn't take long till I was running circles around them oh. and getting invited up to the, you know, the other end of the press that I worked on to start learning that. Cause you know, the people that I worked with and the, the bosses saw potential and one thing, and I kind of mentioned it before about the, the job hopping thing mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm, I was very impatient back then and I wanted it now. I wanted that raise. I wanted that opportunity to run the next machine, the bigger machine, because it had, you know, a higher pay scale. It had, you know, better work, better hours, whatever it might have been. Yeah. And that took me, I, w- I wasn't going to wait for old Jim to retire. 
you know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, or wait for, well, if the company has a good couple of years, we might buy a new press eventually. No, I didn't have time for that. So that's so when you were just I started there. hopping yeah. and, you know, I can get, oh, you'll hire me for that job that they don't have open over here for three bucks more an hour than I'm making? Cool. I did that. But that started that whole thing where, you know, you, you go into that next interview and, wow, it looks like you've worked a lot of places. Yeah. And <laughs> then it turns into the printing industry started really going down with the, you know, the age of the Internet taking mm-hmm. off. And it just progressively got worse. And that just became a self-fulfilling prophecy over and over again. And it's funny. Nowadays, I have people that, you know, the last resume I had, I don't need a resume ever again from now considering what I do. Yeah. But uh I had people looking at it like, wow, that's a, you, you really have a well-rounded experience. And I was like, wait a second, where, where, where was this attitude 15 years ago? Yeah. Cause this was a liability at that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I stuck around in that industry and I, you know, I first moved to Charlottesville, Virginia and I, I worked at a place down there for the whole four years I was there. That and, was a printing press job too? Yep. Okay. And then, uh, I moved to Chicago after that. Cause I, I think I told you when I went down there, that was the reason I was going to DC. Charlottesville was too small for yeah. me. So when I realized it wasn't working out down there, I was like, well, I can go anywhere. Let's, let's do the big city. And I'd yeah. grown up going out to Chicago. I was a rave kid, you know, went out there to party <laughs> and stuff. And, uh, so I, I, I never, sorry to interrupt, but I've never, my brother liked raves too. I just never, that was never my jam. Like I can listen to EDM music. I can listen to music, but going to doing that thing, he would tell me about it. I was like, that doesn't sound like fun at all. It's changed a lot over the years. And I don't think I'd enjoy what the new stuff is, but mm-hmm. you know, the old stuff back then, the, the dirty underground stuff, you know, yeah. warehouses that were closed down that somebody had to roll up a generator too so i mean it was illegal it, it, yeah, it yeah. was fun man yeah. it was and it was special you kind of knew you were in one of those eras and in the moment mm-hmm. that you know is never going to happen again yeah, yeah. Uh, so with all those you know those wistful ideas of you know oh, all the good times i had in chicago i moved out there yeah. and that's where the printing industry really started to become a liability because mm-hmm. all the good jobs were out in the burbs and i didn't I grew up in Perrysburg. I didn't move to, sh- to Illinois to live in Perrysburg. Yeah. I wanted to live yeah. in the city. Yeah. And just, so it was, it started a real cycle of, you know, multiple jobs and I never got anywhere and I was struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was, you know, looking for something different again. And I had some friends down in Houston that were like, that had invited me to move down there years before. They were like, we're still offering, you know, we've got a nice house. You can come get your start here. Okay. And I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. So that's when I went down there. And so were you at a point where you're like not going to have a place to live? Like you just, it was close okay. and I was on unemployment. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, that was the first time in my life I ever asked the government for anything. I mm-hmm. went and applied for, you know, food stamps for what, and I got turned down because I made too much on unemployment. Oh really? And <sighs> well, it really, really left me feeling kind of, you know, lonely and empty. Like I, I've got no help right now. Mm-hmm. Like they basically told me, if it gets worse, come back. Like, I don't want it to get worse. Yeah. I need, I got to do stop something. Yeah, I'm sitting there drowning. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't helping myself because, you know, still drinking, mm-hmm. still doing dumb stuff. And, you know, that carried over even into the days when I was, you know, not actually under the influence, but I still wasn't making good decisions. My head wasn't in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Houston seemed like a great idea. And I, I look back on it now and it was, it was a great idea because that's where I found myself my sobriety my everything and you know i'll always be grateful to that city that's that was the first place i went on my my road trip too oh did you Mm -hmm. okay uh when you went down to houston you you live with some friends um 
Was it another printing press job that you got? It was. Yeah. I had two of them down there. And, oh, wow. okay. uh, yeah, they were, they were both with, uh, what I would otherwise call, you know, decent companies. Um, one of the things that goes with the printing industry right now is a lot of places don't have benefits. They don't have insurance. Uh-huh. They don't have 401k. They may pay you a little higher in the hourly, but you know, and that, that was, that was tough for me. So the, the first one that I had down there, I didn't get any of that stuff. So I'm grinding, but I can't take care of myself, you know, things like that. And that was kind of a pain. So I ended up getting a second one, um, which was actually working on like digital copiers and things like that. So it was a little bit more like of a modern quick print style. They had a few small presses that I would run, but, uh, I ended up getting laid off from that one. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and even though I was willing, I was throwing resumes out everywhere down there. Uh, and this was, I was sober at this time mm-hmm. and I, you know, I was willing to move to San Antonio or Austin, maybe not so much Dallas, Dallas and Houston hate each other. And I don't know, maybe it rubbed off on me a little bit, but yeah. I, for some reason didn't want to go there. Nobody called nobody, mm-hmm. anything. And that's where this whole, I'm, I gotta get, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's all <laughs> Yeah, Houston was the big turning point. That's good, man. That's where my uh, my dad's family's from. Oh, nice. Between San Antonio and Houston, it's a little town called Welder. Uh, real, real small. I don't even know if I've seen a sign for that one off the highway. No, uh, my dad said it was a huge town, seven gas stations, but they built I ten and it just pretty much bypassed it. Yeah. Uh, so all my family still lives there or surrounding areas. Um, Do but, you go down there and visit? Uh, we're actually going in April. Oh, cool! Uh, my kids, my kids are eleven and eight. They've never been down there. We, oh, neat. we planned to go. Uh, we had this whole week trip. We're going to go, and then that's when COVID hit, and we had to cancel. Um, so we're all my whole family, my dad and my mom, and my youngest sister all got a house down there to to rent, and then my other sister and her husband and kids are going down there too. So it's it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward Heck to yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, my wife and their kids get to see a Bucky's years before I ever got to. <laughs> Man, yeah, my, that place is the greatest. <laughs> People love Bucky's. I actually was out to dinner. We went to Sidelines in Perrysburg, and a woman uh, in the restaurant had a Bucky's hoodie on. Uh huh. <laughs> I just I think it's I think it's uh, so funny. But it is, it's there's a couple things I always like uh, going to those. I go to um, Whataburger. Uh, my dad. That was one thing. My dad. Because my dad. My parents. I did that two them. weeks ago. They, yeah. Honey well, butter chicken uh, biscuit. <laughs> good. It's so good. My my dad would we would always load up in a van every every Christmas every winter break and we'd drive down there mm-hmm. uh, as little kids so we would go down there quite a bit uh, I haven't been back um, that's been that's had to be over six years I think uh, maybe five something like that uh, but I, the like the past three times I've gone back it's just for funerals you know I haven't been able to go back just to, yeah, for a to joyous visit, visit yeah yeah so good I uh, hope you I'm have that it. yeah yeah it's I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I, I, I do, my dad's down there now, actually, he's coming, he comes back, uh, I think tomorrow, um, but he only goes in the winter. He, he grew up there and he can't handle the Smart heat. Smart man. So, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> angling for the snowbird thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's been retired for a while and he'll, he'll go down about three times a year to visit and help. And it's getting less and less time. Like before it was like, all right, I'm going to be gone for two and a half months. And now I think this past time we went, it was like a month or something, you know, it's just, he he misses everything back here when he's down there. Like my mom and the kid, my kids are doing things that he doesn't get to see all the time. So mm-hmm. lessons time. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. I'm I'm pretty excited. So I'm excited for you. Yeah, I love Texas. Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. Uh, and I don't know how my kids are going to react, but I'm sure they're going to have a blast too. They're, we got a lot of other stuff planned and visiting family. And Get them a couple of disposable cameras. Stuff. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> I never thought about that. Like cause they, my son has a phone now. Uh, my daughter has a watch, but I think just to see those cameras. Do, 
Can you buy this? You can. Yeah? Yeah. Well, and it's kind of a fun exercise, too, because unlike, you know, digital cameras, you're really limited on, you know, you might have 24 shots and you got to make them count. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so they're going to be done It makes you not want to take the, du- yeah, that they could be <laughs> lazy about it and just blast through yeah. them but, or be smart about it and save it for the right moment. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a couple. That's a good idea because it'd be nice to tell them, like, here's these cameras, here's how you use them. Take the photos whenever you want, but to kind of get their view of like what they enjoy from the vacation, as yeah. opposed to just like our pictures, you know, that'd be a, a, that's a good idea. Um, so, so you're you're in Houston, um, you know, you, we talked about you finding that car show and, and really, you know, getting sober and, and figuring out, you know, what uh, what you want to do really. Um, how long were you in Houston before you decided to, to move back up here? I was down there for four years. I had this this four year thing going, which it it, it just worked out like this. It wasn't yeah. like a oh four years I got a tuck tail to the next place. But yeah. I was in Charlottesville for four years, Chicago for four years, mm-hmm. Houston for four years, and I think I uh, just gave a big old uh, stinker, you know, to everybody that was saying when my four years in Toledo came, like, oh, okay. oh where are you going? Where are you? And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. So we're pushing towards four and a half years now. And oh, like, nice. Okay. Like I said, you know, I'm I'm in it for the long haul here. Yeah. And I'd love to go winter somewhere else. But for the most part, I, I love it. And this area has been great to me. I couldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I weren't here. Like, yeah. I, I think about this all the time. Like, if I would have even getting as interested in Houston, into photography, in kind of becoming the personality that I've become to go along with all of this. Uh, I didn't have a network down there. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, the skill would have been one thing. Um, getting experience would have been one thing, yeah. but I wouldn't have known where to start. And I think I would, I, I might still be spinning my wheels and probably being one of those, you know, broke, frustrated artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, Toledo magically has, you know, I mean, I, I think people like working with me. I think, you know, I'm easy to get along with. I always deliver, you know, I'm punctual, uh, basic things like that, you know, and that's something that I got from all those years of working what I call quote unquote regular jobs. Yeah. And that has translated well into this. And, you know, just my familiarity with this, my, uh, my history with Toledo, my knowledge of the area. Uh, I think it just, it all came together in such a beautiful way that I, I truly believe could not have happened anywhere else. How how did you? Uh, well, first of all, I think Toledo gets a bad rep, uh, of course it right? does. Uh, but I think your photos um, really like bring bring out good things, right? And people love looking at photos. You know, they're um, so if you can like just focus on on these good things, or even if it's just the you know those beautiful pictures you take of just the skyline and sun sunset, you mm-hmm. know, all the all that kind of stuff is like, oh, Toledo is is. It's cool. It, it's good. It, there's a lot of good things happening. I think people people need to understand that. They do. Um, and we're all yeah. living in the same place, but it's it's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. And I've got pride in this place because I see so much beauty and so many good things. Yeah. And I think pride's contagious, and I think people need to see it to believe it. So, you know, people... They, you know, every time we make the news, and I noticed this a lot when we, I was living in other places, every time Toledo makes the news, it's always for something crappy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not... It's not anything that, you know, like, oh, hey, yeah, that's that's us. You know, you kind of like, <laughs> oh, you know, hand on your face, yeah. like, here we go again. Yeah. You know, somebody dove through the drive through at McDonald's because they didn't have chicken nuggets and started a fight. You know, like, mm-hmm. we don't need that stuff. But that's, you know, that's what sells in the news. And yeah. I'm not the news. I don't work for the Blade. I don't work for the TV stations. I call myself alternative media. And I there is a lot of good stuff here, and the world just needs to see it. Yeah. And I think... Your neighbors and my neighbors need to see see it themselves and see it 
thankfully the way that I see it and they'll start getting some pride in if that can build, then it's limitless what the city can do. For sure. For sure. How, how did you get your, I guess your foot in the door with the Metro parks? Cause it, I mean, I, I guess anybody can take pictures, right? Anybody mm-hmm. can go to Metro park, take pictures, but how is it to where now you're like, they're like, Hey, call Doug. We're going to need him down here. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, and I didn't know exactly what I was doing when I first did it, but I started taking photos of everything like I do, but Mm -hmm. making it a point to tag people. You know, if I'm going to take a photo of this area and it's got a business in the background, I'm going to tag them. And, you know, people started noticing that. And because I was spending so much time out in the metro parks and in downtown taking photos while I basically had the city and everything to myself because it's COVID, uh, you know, there was... Cindy Kerr, I think, um, was one of the first people. Uh, she was formerly with Connect Toledo. Now she's with Sunshine Communities over there in uh, Maumee. Okay. But uh, she really kind of liked what I was doing. Um, uh, Callie Herring over at Destination Toledo, uh, which they're, you know, CVB is what people know them as. But they kind of noticed what I was doing and and reached out to me and, uh, you know, started featuring some of my photos on their thing. Well, there was a an influencers meetup that they decided to have at the skeleton of what was soon to become the glass city Metro park pavilion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the place was mostly dirt otherwise, but they, you know, had a concrete pad and some poles going up and I got invited out to this thing. And that's where I was given a tour by a gentleman we both know is Matt Killam. Yeah. And that was the first, I mean, I was for starters, I was wowed by him and just the way that, he presented everything as we walked around and the way that he talked about it, you know, even though he had spent years away, he still had a relationship and a familiarity and a love of Toledo that just oozed out of him. Mm -hmm. And he just seemed bigger than life. And what I was seeing start to sprout up around me was reminiscent of, you know, Buffalo Bayou or uh, Park in uh, Houston or, you know, Millennium Park in Chicago, you know, having these, Grant Park, you know, having these giant, beautiful outdoor spaces that you can also see the skyline of the city from. And I was like, oh my gosh, those were my favorite things about those cities. And now Toledo is about to get its own. So I was hooked on the whole concept. I was hooked on the salesman. And I took some great pictures that night that, you know, as all the influencers stuff started to roll out over the next few days. I think mine kind of stood above and, you know, I got the first panorama that anybody took down there at sunset. You know, I mean, there was a lot of firsts that I hit at that glass city Metro park and, a lot of it because I'm kind of camping out. I go over there all the time and I see, <laughs> oh, look at that new thing. And of course nobody yeah. else has seen it because they just rolled it in that day. But that was that moment and it was really when it, you know, I ran into Chris Peterson there and I remembered her from, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I lived in Toledo the first time yeah. getting drunk over at Mickey Finn's and everything. So she was <laughs> out there. And so a lot of stuff started to click. I was like, wow, you know, look at like, look at the the possibilities that, this camera, you know, this, I wouldn't have been invited to this if it weren't for this camera and what yeah. I was doing with it. And that's when I realized how big of a potential this maybe had. And that's when I think the Metro Parks kind of got an idea that, hey, we like what this guy does and he walks the walk with this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, and I think. Anyone who's fortunate enough to hear Matt like talk about the Metro Parks, anything in general, like he, I love just talking to him about whatever. We used to do that podcast together, the Metro Parks podcast yeah, together. That's when I first found out about you. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so we used to do that together, 
uh, and we used to we used to tell each other like like it's it was fun to do the podcast, talk to people, and, and being new to the Metro Parks, I, that's how I met a lot of people yeah. is through that podcast. Oh, you got so many cool coworkers. Like, yeah, I mean yeah. seriously, and I feel bad to everybody else, but I I say this one with looking down and shaking my head a little bit. But the Metro Parks are my favorite people to work with, and they're the only people I can think of right now that I would even take a job a job job from. Oh, really? But wow. that's well. That's how much I really yeah. enjoy this, yeah. and you know, I wouldn't change a thing right now. You know how it's going; it's 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 beautiful. We're already you know planning a whole bunch of stuff for this year. I'm mm-hmm. you know was out at the ice ribbon yesterday. I'm going today. I'm going tomorrow evening. I mean, we're hitting the ground running this year, yeah. and yeah, I couldn't be any more excited. I, I love keeping this going, and I love being a part of all of this. Yeah. Well, well, we're we've been talking for about forty five minutes. We haven't talked about your trip, and I, I do want to do that because uh, I think it's important. It was really cool. Uh, following you along on social media, and it was just probably a, a very small percentage of the pictures you took were popping up on social media. But um, first of all, how long were you planning this trip? Because you said it was what six thousand miles, sixty six, sixty five. Okay, when okay. when all was said and done, right. this trip I've been planning for since maybe a year after I lived in Houston. Okay, I've always had a, a romantic idea in my head, you know, from old westerns up to modern things like Breaking Bad, where that color palette, the sights of the Southwest, mm. uh, the American desert just really appealed to me. And living in Houston, in in relative terms, it's right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start getting out to West Texas and, you know, the, the cactus and the tumbleweeds start popping up. And, you know, that's – but I only made it as far as Austin and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I had this in my mind that, you know, I'm going to do that. One of these days I'm going to – you know, when I get a couple weeks of vac- – when I get my two weeks of vacation after I've been at this place for over <laughs> a year, which, yeah, that's tough to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna head out west and just take I-10 out to California and turn around and come back and just, just for the fun of it and just yeah. to see what I've always – you know, will this stack up to this idea I've had in my head that this is, you know, one of the most beautiful places in America. And I never did it. Yeah. When I was down there, you know, even for the last two years that I was there that I, you know, had quit drinking and things were, I still, I didn't have the resources and the tools mm-hmm. to really put things together. I was still kind of bouncing around like a pinball. And, you know, even though I, I wasn't, you know, hurting myself anymore, I didn't know where to go or what to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's kind of a common theme of, you know, being lost and getting found down there. But so I left that on the table and it's been it's been eating at me ever since. Sure. I wanted to take that trip. And that's why on this road trip, uh, everybody's like, why are you going to Houston? And I was like, because that's where I'm going to start. Because mm-hmm. old me didn't have the resources and the capabilities and the tools to pull this trip off. Doug today does. Mm-hmm. And I planned for this since last year. And I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to go start from there and give old me a little bit of, a, a little bit of grace because he was trying. Yeah. Well, I think that's important. Like, it, it is such a full circle thing. Like, like you're right. Um, you were, you were trying. You were trying. You were doing as best as you could do. Um, I think you did at that point. You did the best. Like, you you saved yourself. You were, you know, you were. You could have fallen way off this other way, and nothing. Would, we wouldn't be sitting here, right? Absolutely. So I think it's important, uh, and I think it's important, and it's cool that you went back to Houston and started it. Um, yeah, and just to make, I'm I'm assuming it's just like, man, this is, this is it. Like I I did it. Yeah, this I, is I it. went and hung around with 
my two friends down there. I mean, yeah. I had a couple other that I would call, you know, better than acquaintances, but I only really had two friends. Mm-hmm. And I went down and, and saw both of them and thanked them for being there for me in those times. And I still keep up with both of them. One yeah. of them uh, is NBA basketball legend Chris Weber's uh, first cousin. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so that's how I first met him down there at uh, the second place <laughs> I lived in. I walked outside and and uh, I saw a guy standing over at the next building and had a Detroit Tigers hat on. And I was like, oh, Tigers. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm from Detroit. And I was like, we got to talk. <laughs> and that's how I found You know, so we had we had that uh, connection and yeah. everything. So, yeah, his name's Linwood Weber, and he's a good dude. So That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I went and saw where I buried my last cat. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have the money to get him. Well, I had money for alcohol. Sure. But I didn't have money to go get him cremated. So mm-hmm. I buried him in a park across the street from the worst apartment I ever lived in. Wow. Because that's all I could come up with. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, no, went and said goodbye to him, took the dog over there. She knew him then. That's I got her down in Houston. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I I made a few things right in my heart before I, I technically saw I, my I started that trip in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Even though I left from Toledo. It, to me, <laughs> like, just meeting you throughout, just meeting you just randomly in the Metro Parks, wherever we see each other, like, it's nice to sit down and talk to you because – when when you tell your whole story, it's very. I just thought there was a lot longer time, um, like you being sober, or like I I even pictured like when you're talking about your dog, you're like, oh, that was like two dogs ago. Like every but everything is 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 it's sooner than I thought. Everything has happened faster, yeah. and even with this photography thing, and you know, I I go out of my way to show due respect to my peers that have been doing this for a long time, but. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of people that have been, you know, taking photos or doing video for 10, 20 years. They haven't had the run that I've had in the mm-hmm. past two years. I'm cognizant and aware of that, and I'm, I could not be any more grateful. Yeah. And that's where a lot of my humility and trying to remain humble comes from because I know how special this is, what's mm-hmm. happening. And, yeah, this has been very fast time period. I mean, think yeah. about that. Five years ago, you know, I'd been, you know, sober for just over a year and got my first camera. Yeah. It's, and, it's very quick. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so, so I'm, I'm aware of that. And that's, that's how, you know, I know what I've got going on is special and I'm on the right path. Yeah. And that's where my drive and my motivation all comes from is to not go back to where I was. Yeah. I've seen the bottom. Oh, sure. Not going back. Yeah. So, um, when you're, when you started in Houston, um, did you have it planned out? Like, okay, well I'm going, I'm going to these specific things to take specific pictures. No, I basically had a route. I got on Google Maps, and I think it only lets you put like eight stops in it. Oh, really? If you're planning it out. (laughs) So I had to like kind of jump miles ahead, even though I thought, oh, maybe I'll go somewhere over there Mm -hmm. because I needed to like bend the little blue line a certain direction. (laughs) So it was a real rough draft, and I had basically, you know, it was going to be I-10 straight out to San Diego and then back up through northern Arizona and all in northern New Mexico in Oklahoma. And as I started going uh, and got past uh, Texas, uh, when I woke up in the morning, I think I slept in El Paso the first uh, or the second night that I was on the trip. And I I got in and it had been raining the whole night. You know, it's 80 mile an hour highway and dark and trucks. And I was just stressed and tired by the time I got to that hotel. So I didn't check out El Paso at all. In the morning, we went nuts, and I I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is what I was looking for. I was like, there's cactuses, there's these crazy cool bushes, there's rocks and mountains and the Mexico border, and like this, I was like, this is this is it, so let's get rocking. And I, I was so into it that uh, 
right after we got done screwing around there, I mean, we, we attempted to climb a mountain, um, that I probably got about two, 250 feet away from the summit. And I ended up having to turn around because I didn't, the dog wasn't going to be able to get oh, up there. Okay. Like she was, I, I couldn't believe she'd got that far. And I started thinking, I was like, now you're going to be a jerk if you push this. Yeah. And you know, it, it was good enough. And you no, know, so it, it was neat. And it kind of helped, you know, set a tone too to remind me like, you're not in flat, safe Ohio where you're going to fall off a rock two feet off the ground onto that nice, beautiful grass. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, this isn't a place where, you know, the only stuff that can kill you, you need a microscope to see. Like, there's mountain lions and bears and, you know, all the little creepy crawlies weren't Snakes. out or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was uh, a little bit, you know what I mean, coyotes, which, yeah. you know, we ended up dealing with later on in the trip. Uh, but, there, you know, it. I had to... Put, put a little bit more thought into everything. So uh, we hit a gas station before we got out of town, and I was kind of scanning the map, and I saw White Sands in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I My own history of loving outer space and things like that, I knew right off the bat. I was like, oh, that was the alternate landing site for the uh, for the space shuttles. Oh. And I was like, and that's the White Sands. I was like, that sounds cool. I was like, I've wanted to see this for a long time. I was like, it's real. <laughs> it's right there, so let's do that. Yeah. So I drove there, and that put me up, you know, in you know a third of the way up of new mexico and i was like oh well i guess i've never been to santa fe or albuquerque and that's you know going way up north in new mexico so i was like well let me think about that and i looked at the map and i saw a place called truth or consequences oh yeah yeah so i was like you know what i want to go there just to say i've been to truth or consequences (laughs) so i had to go backwards an hour and go up another way it meant i skipped santa fe but i went to albuquerque and so now i'm up at a point where I thought that was going to be the end, you know, the coming back part of my trip. Yeah. So I'm already adjusting on the fly. So I was like, well, I'm going to go west and get back down because I'm heading to Tucson and Phoenix and all of that. So uh, Marissa Munoz, who she used to work for the Metro Parks, uh, she is uh, the marketing manager down at the Wood County Museum now. And okay. uh, her husband is Zach Koloff, who works for Toledo Aerial Media. And she's a big national park geek like me. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, where are you going? And I was like, well, I see Crater on the map. And she's like, crater stinks she's like it's Uh, a big crater she's like go to petrified forest (laughs) it's a big crater (laughs) yeah so i went to petrified forest national park and it was fantastic and i was like okay we're definitely going to do tucson so it gives me a reason to go straight south yeah and i ended up going through some of the coolest mountain and can't like i i didn't i wasn't going to the grand canyon but i ended up seeing this amazing thing called white mountain and there was a cedar canyon running through it get down to tucson and Oh my gosh, there's Saguaro National Park is right there. I came to see cactuses and there's a whole national park of them. You know, so I'm like, okay, I had no plan idea I was going to, I thought I'd drive through Tucson. I didn't know I'd be spending the night there and checking that out. I was just going to say, at some point when you're like going to all these places, like you have to, I would imagine you have to tell yourself like, all right, I can't, I, we need to leave. I can't take any more pictures. Yeah, absolutely. No, and it, that's, that's the thing. And it was, that's where I think I disappointed a lot of the people that were following me along the way. Cause they're like, oh, you got to check out this or you got to check out that when it's, it's already two hours behind me. Yeah. Or I'm like, yeah, I'm on two hours difference than you. And yeah. it's just getting dark in Toledo. So I've got two hours till it gets dark, but it's three hours to yeah. go to where you're suggesting. <laughs> so it's not going to work, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there was a lot of on the fly <laughs> time management and, you know, there was like Phoenix. I, I had a friend that I've known since I was a little kid. Her name's Carrie and, uh, her dad and my dad worked together and she, she's lived in Phoenix for years. And so she had offered like rolled out the carpet, like nobody else had, like, I'll, you know, I'll show you around everywhere. Oh, nice. So I planned to do a couple days there. Yeah. Um, but most of the rest of this I made up on the fly. Wow. And, you know, after Phoenix, it just so happened that my sister who lives in Virginia was out 
for an ophthalmology conference in San Diego. <laughs> so at the turnaround, I got to say hi to my sister and give her a hug. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a friend that I met last summer here in Toledo, uh, there was a, my friend Julie Blumecki, she lives in Atlanta, and she's a nationally celebrated poet, and she had an event up here at Switchboard, and she one of the people that she invited to speak was this guy, Brian O'Hare, from Los Angeles. Yeah. It just so happened that same day I was out there, he was having a reading event oh, wow. at a bookstore out there. So I had somewhere to stop there. You know, yeah. So there was all these little magical things happening along the way that... You're just like, this is where I'm supposed to be at this time. Absolutely. Yeah. And had I... Say I'd gone to Meteor and talked to Marissa an hour later, and then she was like, you know, that might have put me off a day yeah. or six hours, or and then I wouldn't have rolled into San Diego just in time to see my sister, or wouldn't have got to L.A. literally like 10 minutes after his thing started. <laughs> wow. Had traffic been any worse, I might have missed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much of this was meant to be, and it was it was a blast. San Diego, uh, I was in San Diego. My One of my really good friends lives there. Actually, I'm going back this fall. I'm uh, the officiant for his wedding, but it was Awesome. Isn't Sandy. it cool? I, oh my gosh. SoCal, I kind of, that, I, I planned from the beginning I wasn't going to spend that much time there because I knew it really kind of deserved its own vacation. Yeah. So I was like, I could get lost in LA for a week. So if I give it the chance, I will. And so that's why I was like, I'm doing one day and evening there. And then in the morning, we're heading to Joshua Tree and yeah. working our way out. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it definitely, I, I left a lot of stuff on the table, but I also covered a lot of ground and saw way more individual things than most people see on their vacations. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that sounds it's so awesome and also terrifying because my vacations have to be super planned. Like I couldn't just like drive and just like, well, we'll see what happens. Like I always feel like I, there has to be plan. Uh, I do make time, like if, if we do go on a vacation, like driving, I would, I don't want to like, we're driving and we see like something that says one of those like world's big, big, biggest picnic basket. Like, yeah. well, we got to see that, you know, that kind of stuff. But like, that's what I build these around, giving yeah. myself enough time that anything that catches my eye, I can be like, oh, I'm going to go there. And, and how's your dog the whole time? Is she, she, she had, uh, I brought up the coyote thing earlier. Oh, yes, so yes, when yes. we were in Tucson, uh, one of my things that I wanted to do, I had two things, uh, photos that I wanted to get on this trip. I wanted to get the Milky Way with a saguaro cactus in the foreground. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to get the Milky Way with a Joshua tree. Didn't get either of them. Oh man. Well, it's okay though. We, there's a dark sky park, uh, an internationally, uh, recognized dark sky park, which means it's. Toledo, the light pollution here is yeah. on a scale of one to ten is like an eight. Oh, wow. This place was a two, <laughs> and zero being or one zero or one being the darkest, yeah. which is in the middle of the ocean where there's no man-made light. Mm-hmm. And so this park was right uh, a little north of uh, Biosphere Two, if you've ever heard of that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, they made a movie called Biodome. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So that, that was off of this University okay. of Arizona. Okay experiment that they build out in the desert north of tucson well right north of that there's oracle state park and so they've got this dark sky park so i was like well we're gonna go up there and i don't know if i'll be able to find a cactus but we're gonna get some stars and maybe get to check out this comet that's out there flying around right now and uh so we went up there and it was just me and the dog and it was dark oh my god it was probably like 10 o'clock and it was so dark like literally you couldn't see your hand in front of your face dark and uh so we set up on a road um behind a barrier so nobody was going to drive into us uh um, that went back towards the dark sky park. I didn't have the gate code. I, apparently I was supposed to call earlier in the day and arrange uh, it. And I get out there and I'm like, Oh, it's locked. And I figured it out in front of the gate <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, well, it's too late. So let's just park here and we'll walk back in. And so I set up out there and you know, bam, I got 
and you can see them on my Instagram and my Facebook. I got some amazing Milky Way photos, and I absolutely did get the comet. And it wasn't the greatest uh, photo. It's a different comet than the one that was here a couple of years ago, but it's decent. Mm-hmm. And I was just so stoked because it's so cloudy up here. I haven't had a single opportunity for a month to check this thing out in Toledo, yeah. but there I did. And it was uh, as we, um, as I, I was getting really cold. I start hearing this howling, oh, no. and I was like, oh, there's coyotes out there, and they kept getting closer, and Elsa had been out just kind of, like she always does, she just kind of poking around in the bushes by the road, yeah. and just doing smelling stuff, and everything. And she came right back and stood right by me, and I was like, you know, I'm cold, and I think we got enough for now, so packed the stuff up, and we started walking back out to the truck, and those howls started, I, you know, I put a video up of it, those howls started getting louder and oh. louder, and she was scared to death. Sure. She jumped in that car, and I was like, okay, we're going to get out of here. Again, another thing, like, this isn't like Ohio. This is yeah. this is kind of serious out here, you know? I and mean, it's not that millions of people don't do it every day, but they got their wits about them. Mm-hmm. So I had to get in that state. And uh, <laughs> so she was not stoked about that. And then the <laughs> next morning when I went to Saguaro National Park, uh, we could hear gunshots off in the distance and she doesn't like bangs. So oh, okay. she basically stayed in the truck the whole time. She was nine. The few times she got out, I think she got pricked by some cactuses. She just was having a bad time. And I yeah. was worried, you know, for the sake of the whole trip, I was like, Oh boy, I hope she has not hit her wall. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, no, it was just a bad day. And yeah. when I got to, to Phoenix the next day, I was like, I got some time. I'm going to go out and test her out. We're going to go throw a tennis ball. We're going to go swimming. We're going to, try doing all of her favorite things if she does those with aplomb and enthusiasm then she's okay if she doesn't want to do those then i got a problem halfway through this trip Mm. she was happy as could be and we had really no incidents for the rest of the trip so 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 how long uh, how many days total were you gone 13 okay and uh yeah we uh like i I told you we i left it open where i could have extended it a little bit longer but i set this interview as my Got to be back by that date. So yeah. uh, you were you were what helped bring me back to reality. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it was it was long trip. The longest uh, road trip I'd taken prior to this was I think four thousand one hundred fifty miles. So you know this was another twenty five hundred miles past that, and mm-hmm. it was that was probably as long as I'd want to go uh, without having maybe a camper or you know something. Yeah, because it was gonna start getting expensive doing a hotel thing and all that because i'd originally planned on camping i you know i had a tent in the bag or sleeping in the car and not one night anywhere i was at was it above 40 45 degrees so it was cold and i was like i only did that one night in uh northern texas and i was like i'm not doing this again Mm -hmm. so yeah, so it ended up being a lot of hotels and everything, sure, yeah. but yeah, so I mean that's that, but that's what happens with winging it, you know. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Gotta be prepared. <laughs> well, Doug, uh, thanks for coming on here, man. This, this is awesome. I appreciate you, you know, opening up and and telling us about your life story and and the uh, trials and tribulations you've gone through, and obviously you're in a good spot now, and and you've learned from all that, and you know, I'm sure as bad. I even talked to talked to my mom about it. As bad as it was, or as bad as you thought it was, or see it like, um. You're you're at something, and it sounds weird. You're probably glad you went through certain parts of this because you wouldn't be where you're at now, or you wouldn't have the mindset that you have now. Um, but again, I appreciate you opening up and, and telling us all those. And 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 um, again, I'll have the the your your um, website, um, dougiefreshphoto.com. Um, that'll be in the show notes. I'll put your Instagram in there too, because so people can see I all got those Facebook pictures. now after eleven years. Oh, too, do you really? So. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll put all those links in there. People can click on them. Uh, before we go, I do want to thank Fort Megs CrossFit for allowing me to use their space. Check out uh, their website, fortmegscrossfit.com. 
Uh, thanks again, Doug. And, and I appreciate all the work you do for the Metro Parks, too. Uh, you're always it's out there. You're a champion joy. for us. It's joy, man. And I, I really love it. it. Yeah. Well, thanks. thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for checking out this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're hearing this on any of the podcatchers on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We're kind of coming at you two times a week now, audio and video. Check us out on all the social medias. Just search the Nerdball Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're out there. Uh, Gmail is thenerdballpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, we'd be happy to get back to you. Thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>